Hello, and welcome to An Unconventional Guide to Success, where we are exploring concepts and discussing real-life examples, showing that the path isn't linear and the journey to success is self-defined. My name is Linda Misagatis. And I'm Scott Montgomery. And we will be your guides. You have another story that kind of ties to your real estate in how you actually met one of your coaches, uh, Gretchen. Well, one of the re- yes, so Gretchen and Paul King, uh, Gretchen Cramp and Paul King are spectacular people, and I met them selling their condo. I was really diving into real estate in the two thousand five, six, seven era. I had investment properties. I was learning about the taxes of it all, and I was learning that being a real estate agent is certainly a good way to make some money outside of my corporate jobs. Right. Anyway, um, Gretchen reached out to me because I had showed her condo. It was in a hot spot in Arlington, Virginia. I had kept leaving my business card and I was looking for social capital. So I was leaving my name around town in the way that in the way that one would as a realtor. Here's my card again. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if you're going to need a new realtor, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. So one day she needed a new realtor and she called me and said, your card has been on my table four times in the last four weeks. My own agent. I don't know, has shown this property as much as you. I'd like to talk about listing it with you. That's awesome. So opportunity surfaces from social capital. I yeah. list her condo. I get it sold. We have a buyer come in, transaction complete. We hit it off as humans. Turns out her husband worked for the Gates Foundation. Turns out these are successful business people that had a pied de terre here in Arlington, not a, a condo that they lived in. Got it. And... They were certifying with Georgetown as leadership coaches, an emerging an emerging industry that is uh, one that I'm very involved in as well now, too, that's growing from 90 people in the 80s to, I think, 140,000 now or 27,000 now, some crazy amount of leadership coaches. So I was talking to my uh, to Gretchen on the phone the day my twins were born. Um, oh my goodness. <laughs> we didn't have texts, but I got, or we had just started texting and Caitlin sent or called me with a cryptic message that she was feeling pains. I said to Gretchen, I got to go. And the twins were born three hours later. Oh my goodness. Wow. Fast forward. I got my first corporate consulting opportunity. Okay. And I didn't know that I was going to be able to build a business around it, but I felt like I was. And I was talking to Gretchen about how could you coach me and your experiences and our trust factor in what you could do to help me help myself build a business. And so as coaches, it's about helping one reveal their best solution for themselves. You're not advising, you're not prescribing, you're not consulting them. You're facilitating a very structured conversation around self-discovery. I met her at Starbucks. Her husband, Paul, was there. Remember, husband and wife, kite string dynamic could apply. Yeah. And we talked about this and I engaged them. And I said, I I need some help with a SWOT analysis. I need some consulting and I need some coaching all in one. Yeah. And so it began. Fast forward to 2017, shortly after I met Jack Nicholas. Uh Uh-huh. Gretchen says, your emotional intelligence around building a business is getting stronger from my lens you should really consider becoming a coach yourself. Wow. I enrolled in the coaching program. I went through it for six months. I uh, did the recordings. I followed the directions and I became certified as a leadership coach with George Mason University and then with the International Coaching Federation a year later. Okay. Just past COVID, I just engaged one of the instructors from that class to work for WorldGate as a contractor, as a coach for some of my clients. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Because I didn't let that social capital opportunity go by. Right. And we had a connection that I paid attention to that fostered itself in business four years later after COVID. Wow. Isn't that an, an incredible journey along the way? And it really does show the importance of those connections because, you know, similarly, if I look back and kind of reflect on my own life and where, yeah. like, if I think about my first job and then how the relationships that I developed there, when one of the, one of my very first jobs was with a CPA firm. And when one of the CPAs left to go work for another company, he called me and said, Hey, I think you should come over here. There's a great opportunity. Right. And then going there, I met some more amazing people. And then one of those people left to go work for another company. And then they called me and said, Hey, I want you to come. And it's kind of funny when I reflect back because I never put those connections together until you and I started talking about all of this and realizing, Holy cow, all of those relationships along the way, uh, because I can create like a yes. little path. It's not straight. Um, it's definitely unconventional. <laughs> oh my goodness. And I can totally create this path forward to how I got here today is because of all of those people along the way. And while we're not like best friends or anything like that, we still stay in touch, you know, or if I see them out on LinkedIn, I congratulate them on things that they've done. And just kind of these little, um, that social capital where I still nurture the relationship even though they're not like, you know, they're not actively part of my life in any way um, today. But if I needed something, I actually feel like I could pick up the phone and call any one of them and um, and we'd pick up right where we left off. And so and to me, that's, I, that's success. what I love about this. Yeah. Well, and, and that's to me, that's success. And further, uh, remember, it's the who you just talked about, not the what. Yeah. Yes. The product yes. is ever evolving. The product that is, is so ever true. evolving. And I didn't create. I'm not smart enough to create. I don't have anything tangible that I'm going to put a patent on. Right, but what I yeah. do have is social capital, and I've paid attention to that from a very young age. And the people I was involved with 30 years ago that helped me, 30 yeah. years forward now, I'm helping them, and that in yeah. turn help that in turn helps me. Right. Yes. Exactly. No, it's all linked together. Well, and you know, talk a little bit because when we think about coaching, we always just kind of think about it in the context of sports more, right? You know, so yeah. we have we have coaches in sports. We don't think about having coaches in life. Um, and so talk a little bit about like why that's important, and maybe as a young person, like. How do I find that coach in how do I make the investment? You know, maybe I don't have any money. So, or I have a little bit of money. So how do I, how do I find that person or, and, and what's the importance of it? So I think for me, um, it's not the word life coach for me. It's the word executive coach and leadership coach that I, I hone like that. in on personally, because yeah. there are life coaches and there are coaches. The interesting thing about the industry itself is, and I'm unpacking this ironically to finish up my degree. It's my final paper at the University of Virginia that I graduated in May. Thank yeah. you. That's a self-bucket list, but it's also just complementary to taking these lessons I've learned, packaging them up and putting them into a degree. And one of the things I'm doing is a study on the uh, leadership coaching and its effects on business Got it. and, and leadership. And oh, to that end, I've to that end, I've unpacked that the industry of coaching, and I don't have all the numbers exact, but it was in the late 80s that there were a handful of people that were expanding outside of sports coaching. Okay, gotcha. Today, the International Coaching Federation puts the rules and regulations and uh, standards and or um, uh, what's the word? Competencies okay. around the actual tactics of coaching. Got it. And 
once you've proven that you can live within those competencies, you are then certified in the industry. And I want to say there are, I know for a fact, there are at least tens of thousands of leadership coaches out there certified now. And it's really an emerging practice. And its best attribute to me is that it's self-prophecy. It facilitates self-prophecy. Yeah. You're not coming in and telling someone how to do their job. You may get the opportunity to share your perspective or what you're hearing to mirror back to your your coachee. But coaching is about self-discovery. It's about facilitating a conversation that helps one unpack where they want to take things. Got it. Got it. No, that and it's sense. really a fascinating, it's a fascinating competency. And there are many creative ways to get a coach. I found my coach by selling a condo. <laughs> right? Yes. But there are also people that do philanthropic coaching. There are people that have different pay grades for who they're trying to reach in their target audience. Got it. Yep. I'm clearly trying to hit the young entrepreneurs and the emerging leader sector. Those are the people that I think need these value added skills to their already emerging careers that might get overlooked on the what instead of the who of their lives and the head instead of the heart. Yeah. So just recalibrating it. That's my coaching philosophy and style. And then having people want to plug into that, depending on where they're at, I might adjust my hourly rate. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Coaching can also be a barter system scenario. I know one of the recipients of my coaching didn't have any money. He was a personal trainer. I talk about him in in my coaching chapter. He didn't have, you know, 150, 200 bucks, a thousand bucks an hour to pay me to coach him out of or into his new career, hold that those competencies for him. Right. Instead, he created training plans for me. So I would take his training plan and I would turn it into an hour worth of coaching. The other thing I would offer in that that's really important is coaches and for for our listeners, they're not dime a dozen. There is a distinction between advising, therapy, coaching. Mm -hmm. Coaching is about self-discovery. And this is about you unpacking what you want to do while someone helps you hold the conversation in a certain structure. That makes a lot of sense. Advising is me saying, hey, pay me and I'll tell you exactly what you should do and how I think you should do it. They're very yes, different yeah. and they complement each other. You yeah. can walk the line as a coach and say, hey, my experience begets this. We can do a, a strengths, weaknesses, threats, uh, opportunities conversation, or we can do a tell me where you want to take this conversation. Right, right. One that of the gets the other. Sense. Last point I'd like to make for young emerging leaders or um, young entrepreneurs, emerging leaders, is if you're going to get a coach, invest in it because... You have to, don't take free coaching. It's not going to be as effective and you won't be as invested in it. Yeah, necessarily. that's great advice. I think for the coaches who are doing that, they need to see some sort of a, a, a skin in the game yeah, because it'll give yeah. you the autonomy. It gives you the autonomy to take your answers further. They're not gifts. Absolutely. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, I like that. I think that's great advice and really helps because you're right when you don't, uh, when you're not willing to put some skin in the game, there is there, you know, you're not really in it and they're not really in it. And so you're not, you're not going to gain anything from that, that experience at all. Hey, talk a little bit though, about like the difference between a mentor. So that's a big thing these days in corporations, you know, it's at this mentorship programs and, and developing, you know, so as I'm a new person coming into a company, I'm going to assign you a mentor. Uh, And I kind of struggle a little bit with that because in my life, 
mentors have been people that I have maybe sometimes accidentally come across, you know, where I'm like, wow, I really dig that person, you know? And so I think I could learn something from them and they kind of become my mentor. Um, uh, you just said this, the key word. You just said the key word. What, what I did can, I say? You said I can learn something from them. I, there you go. Thank you. A mentor yeah. is something that you learn something from someone. A coach helps you self-prophecy. That that's really good. So so what, how would you give advice like if I'm that person who is in a in a you know new company? Because um, one of the people who works on my team, I was really impressed because she sought out immediately and found a mentor in the company, and it's a perfect mentor for her because their personalities are very opposite, and so she can learn a lot from from this person and helping her with because um, she is similar where she's got this big, big personality. And sometimes that doesn't always, you know, fit. Um, and so <laughs> tell it's me like, about that. How does that yeah, work? Exactly. <laughs> and so, and you know, you, we always talk these days that, you know, this, uh, buzzword about being our authentic self and, and that. And yeah. so, but there is this balance too, in the work world, um, yeah. in trying to figure out what that really means. And so, um, if I'm a young person, I'm starting in a company, how would you recommend, like, how do I find that mentor? How did you find your mentors? I wouldn't personally pick someone that's opposite of me to mentor me personally. Yeah. Because I yeah. would I would want to say, how do you deal with your gregarity? Because you're gregarious too. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And I would say, how did you get here? I.e. title of my book, but I'd say, yes. how did you get here? What are your what are your experiences? And would you share those for me free of charge? I wouldn't pay a mentor. Right. No. I, I, totally I'll buy you lunch for your time, but I'm yes, not gonna yes. I'm not gonna put skin in the game to have a structured conversation and tap into your competency competencies training. Yeah. There's a big yeah. distinction between coaching and mentoring. I like that. And I think that's really important because I do think that sometimes people um mix those together, you know, and thinking that they're one in the same. And and I like what you just said there. I wouldn't pay a mentor. Um because, you know, they aren't trained uh to to coach me. Um, and in a mentor relationship, I think that that is more, um, you can just kind of take what you can, right? It's just nuggets yeah. of things. You're going to ask questions, you maybe learn something. And then to your point, if there's something I can learn from that and take it, then that's good. But, but a coaching is really investing in yourself, right? Correct. I think it's, a, Correct. it's a much different approach. So yeah. there's a competency and that's the key word with coaching. And I'm yeah. not saying competency is what they call the rules around how you were trained to hold a conversation and move it through right. a proven system yeah. with psychology and heart and head applied in one. It's very complex. There are coaches out there that aren't certified. Right. I am not a person that believes that an emerging coach is qualified. Maybe someone yeah. more senior could figure that out and not necessarily certify because they know the competency, they understand the difference. Yeah. A mentor, a mentor is very different. It's, a, it's, it's, for me, it's aspiration. It's emulation. It's tell me how you did it. Give, give me advice for free versus, yeah. a cons versus a consultant that would say, give me advice and solve my problem and I'll pay you. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But no, there's I a dimension a really distinction. Yeah. And then there's dimensions inside of each. So Absolutely. I think, I think I, I spell that out in the book and I think it's also really important. I think people should get a coach. And I think a yeah. good coach who's been trained well should help you expose your own opportunities. And I think they'll also know the tools to help you work in peak performance because through the competencies of training to be a coach, you learn about journaling, meditation, bringing your best self forward to hold that conversation for your, for your receiving uh, client. 
Yeah. And, no. and those are all very different things than saying, hey, come to this meeting and watch how I handle this. Right. You're, right. you're my That's, mentor. Yeah. And next time you can do that. Yeah. That's a really good point. Um, you know, and I think it's a good way for us to, to, um, to kind of bring things to a close today. And, and there's one of the things that you also say, um, you know, is that no one does it alone and that there's no such thing as a self-made person. Um, someone, someone has affected your life along, along your journey, right? Embrace it. Yeah. And, and no. embrace that. I think that's really how I got here. I embraced it. I honored it. I um, continue to honor it in this dialogue. And I think I yeah. tell the stories about it in the book so that people are enlightened, that that is a huge piece of the equation. If I can find success with the deltas I started with, and that's where I put my energy, I still don't have a degree Yeah. in a four-year degree, then how do then, then I want to share that with people. And that's really important. I think so too. Well, I can't wait for our next episode um, where we focus in on habits, goals, mindset, self-care, because it's, it's, that's, you know, we've created the foundation, right? Which you've yeah. got to have this conversation around these relationships and partnerships and really kind of thinking through it. That's our foundation. And then from there, you've got to figure out, okay, now what do I do with all of that? And right. how do you do all of that? And I think the way that that happens is through what we're going to, you know, talk about in our next episode um, is developing habits and goals. Um, and, and kind of creating that mindset, but also along the way, got to have some self-care too, right? You and I yeah, talk oh, about that all the time. <laughs> yep. I got You got to You got to You got to take a minute and take a breath. And I yes. think that's really critical. And it's funny when I tell, I tell people I believe in that and then they go apply it and they're like, you were right. We hope you enjoyed this episode of an unconventional guide to success. In each episode, Scott and I will share experiences and relationships that have shaped us. Our next episode, we will dig in and start discussing the benefit of habits. You'll never change your life until you change something that you do daily. The secret to your success is found in your daily routine. John C. Maxwell. An Unconventional Guide to Success is an inspirational, motivated series hosted by Scott Montgomery and Linda Misogatis. Recorded on Riverside.fm. Music, editing, and production by Logan Misogatis. Check out Scott Montgomery's new book, How Did You Get Here?, and all the helpful related materials at www.howdidyougethere.com. At the end of each episode, we would like to leave you with a few questions offered to guide you in your personal exploration of how relationships and experiences are building your success. Take time to reflect and write about what arises. Who are the mentors you have had or had in your life? How could working with a coach help you achieve your goals? How could you incorporate coaching into your path towards success? Thank you for joining us on our journey. If you would like to reach out to us, our contact information is in the show notes.